Well, hey, we're going to continue in our series today, The Holy Who. And last week we kicked off this brand new series on the Holy Spirit. We're going to spend six weeks talking about the Holy Spirit, unpacking what the Bible says about this person called the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you weren't here last week, you, you, uh, you still have an opportunity to listen to last week's message. You can download our OSC app. Uh, and if you turn on your notifications, you get all kind of uh, notifications of things that are happening and, and throughout the church. And so you can download the app and you can there listen to some of our previous messages. They're usually up on the app by Tuesday, I believe it is. And so if not, you can go to oscconnect.com online and you can listen to any of the previous messages. I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message. And alongside the series, we're also hosting a six-week life group semester. Uh, it's our summer semester. It's, it's usually very intense. Our, our summer semester is very, very intentional. We, as a church whole, we all go through the same topic uh, during the Summer Life Group series. Last year, we did a, a six-week series on emotions. And how many of you remember that one? That one was a good one. <laughs> Nobody remembers. <laughs> but this, this year, we're, we're doing six weeks on the Holy Spirit, and Cheryl and I led our life group this week, and man, we had a blast. We had a great time. And um, just love it. So, so all that's happening. You can still jump into a life group. You can find them online or you can, you can uh, talk to some other folks about when those life groups are going and get involved. It's, it's not too late. Also, you can download a discussion guide or message notes. Uh, if you'll notice, we haven't been handing you out too many things or receiving too many things back and forth from you. Uh, for the meantime, just until all of this passes. And so, uh, so, yeah, you can go online to the OSC Connect app, and you can download, actually, today's notes if you'd like to do that as well. And then there's a discussion guide in there also for you to go home and have a discussion with your family. How many of you actually did that during the, the shutdown when we were all online? How many of you actually took the discussion guide? Yeah, nobody. Okay. Well, I'm just going to preach then. Y'all ain't doing nothing besides Sunday, so... I, I was joking, but if you got convicted, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> so today we're going to continue. So the topic of my message today is what is the role of the Holy Spirit? So last week we talked about who is the Holy Spirit? Who is this guy? Who is this, who is this dude? Who is this, who is this Holy Spirit person that I keep hearing about? I gave my life to Jesus. I thought that was enough, but who's this Holy Spirit? And so we began to unpack that last week. And then this week we're going to get in a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. So the title of today's message is what is the role? of the Holy Spirit. But before I get into his role, I want to clear up a few little misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Because how many of you know this to be true? There's some weird teaching about the Holy Spirit out there today, isn't there? Yeah, it's like if you're not flopping on the ground, you didn't catch the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit makes me better than you. So there's a couple of misconceptions. The first one is this, is that we think that when we receive the Holy Spirit, he makes us more mature than we were. Not true. The Holy Spirit does not make you mature. Obedience to the Holy Spirit's leadership in your life is what brings maturity into your life. Amen. Amen. So you can be baptized and speak in tongues all you want and still be immature. It comes down to obedience. When you listen to the Holy Spirit, how does that actually work? Well, they think about this. When the Holy Spirit tells you not to say something stupid to your wife, and you bite your tongue, and you don't get in a fight, and then y'all have good times that night, 
You just grew in maturity. Can I get an amen from somebody? I mean, like bite your tongue. She might smile at you tonight. You never know what's going to happen, but that's how maturity works. When you listen, you walk through a moment of obedience and you gain an experience with God and the Holy Spirit that you didn't have before because when you walk in disobedience, you don't get that. But when you walk in obedience, you get that from the Holy Spirit and it develops a maturity inside of you. What am I saying? It's better to listen to the Holy Spirit than to listen to yourself. Come on. (laughs) Number two, the second misconception is that we think the Holy Spirit makes me a better than you Christian. And we think just because we got the Holy Ghost and we got the Holy Spirit and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm better than you. Oh, it's in the church. Don't don't, don't act like we, it's, it's in this church. They got some folk in this. Come on. I can pray in tongues. Oh, you can't pray in tongues yet? Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Really? Last time I read my Bible, the Holy Spirit makes me a better version of me. It makes me better than me, better than who I used to be. He makes me more like Jesus, not better than you. Amen? So it's a misconception. Just because I've received the Holy Spirit or I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm not better than you. In fact, it should humble me, not make me more proud. The third one is, is we think that the Holy Spirit is solely about spiritual gifts and supernatural manifestations. He is about spiritual gifts and supernatural manifestations. Don't think that I'm pushing that to the side. But it's not just that. The Holy Spirit is here to produce fruit in your life. To me, that's one of the greatest indicators that somebody's been filled with the Spirit of God is they got some fruit in their life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all want to, you know, prophesy and, and prophesy and all those other things over people. But listen to me, if you ain't got no fruit in your life, come on. He's not just about spiritual gifts and supernatural manifestations, though they are very, very important. He is also about producing fruit in your life and making you more like Jesus. So watch what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verse 7. He says, but in fact, it is best for you. You might ought to underline that in your Bible. It is best for you. I would even scratch out you and put, my, put me right there. It is best for me that Jesus goes away because if he don't, the advocate won't come. If he does go away, then he will send the advocate to me. You see, one of my goals for this series is that the Holy Spirit becomes very, very personal to you. Very personal. He needs to be very personal to every one of us. Amen? Jesus said, it's best for you that I go away. Think about that for a minute. How can it be best for Jesus to leave so that he can send the advocate to come and be with us? It's very simple. Jesus can only be with one group of people at one time in one place. Right? The Holy Spirit can be with all people at all times in all places. You see the difference? If Jesus didn't leave and the Holy Spirit didn't come, then we would all be following Jesus like in the flesh. It would be, it would be, anyway, it wouldn't work. And he knew that. And he's saying, it's best that I leave so the Holy Spirit can come. John 14, 16 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never 
leave you. Some of you need to underline that today because you, you've accidentally or, or mistakenly believed that God left you and that the Holy Spirit has left you. But Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never, who will never leave you. By the way, the word advocate is the Greek word parakletos, which means comforter, encourager, helper, and counselor. So watch this. Watch, watch the goal for today. The goal today is, is to take the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the counselor, the comforter, the encourager, the helper, to take him and make him real personal to you. Like he's yours. Like if you're born again, he comes and lives on the inside of you. If you're, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he comes upon you. Like he is with you. You, you need to get this today. He is personal to you. He goes with you. He walks with you. He, he, see, he feels things that you feel. He speaks to you if you'll listen. He hears from heaven for you so that he can lead you. He's yours. So if you really step back for a minute this morning and you kind of look at this whole thing, Jesus was really telling the disciples, guys, listen I got to go, but I'm giving you a personal counselor. <laughs> Come on, you don't have to make an appointment. You are the appointment. I'm giving you a personal comforter. Which, which should mean this. It should mean that I should never, ever have to look for an outside source to bring comfort into my life because I got my own personal source of comfort. Amen? I've got my own counselor who walks with me and talks to me. Amen. I've got my own helper. My own encourager. That'll <laughs> make you quit social media. I got my own encourager. I don't need y'all no more. I don't have to post my grades. I don't have to tell you what I'm doing all the time. So you can celebrate me with some emojis. Make me feel all good. And so I got my own encouragement. He goes with me all the time. Come on. I don't have to become like a beggar and lean on people and suck on people to try to get something from them that I'm supposed to be getting from the Holy Spirit that I'm not because I don't believe the truth. The truth is that the Holy Spirit is my personal encourager. I don't have to outsource. I don't have to go outside of my relationship with God to find anything that is already there on the inside. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. Bro, you okay? Spillage? Okay. So let's look at the role of the Holy Spirit this morning. Number one, I'm going to show you four roles of the Holy Spirit. There are more. There are way more. But I want to I just, for time's sake, I just want to pull out four and spend a little bit of time on these roles of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit comforts. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4 says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father, watch this, and the source of all comfort. God is the source 
of how much comfort? All comfort. That, that means this, that any comfort you may ever require in your life, it comes from the source called God. It doesn't need to come from anything else. Sometimes he sends it to you through other people. Sometimes he gives it to you directly. But no matter how he gets it to you, he is the source of all comfort. So you need not look anywhere else. You need not dig any other wells. God is the one who brings the comfort in your life. Amen? He's the, all, he's the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. That means this, that there is no trouble you can run into that God cannot comfort you in. No trouble. Like none. Not possible. Satan can't even invent some new trouble that God can't comfort. But boy, he sure likes to come alongside of you when you're in trouble and say, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. It'll go away one day. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound too bad, does it? No, that is bad. Because it can go away now. Because I serve the God of all comfort. He can deal with this now. He can deal with this today. It may take a process. It may take a moment. But he can begin to comfort me now. Amen? Amen? He can comfort me now. <laughs> he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort, watch this, others. Wow. Wow. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. If I needed a $100 bill and you didn't have one, could you give it to me? If you'll start trusting God to be the comfort of your life and the Holy Spirit to be the, the avenue that God pours this comfort into your life and you start learning how to receive comfort from God and not other people, then you'll have something in your hands and in your spirit that you can begin to give to other people. It'll change the way you look at people. It'll change the way you think about them. You'll start having compassion. You'll start having empathy. You might get a little bit emotional for other people. We're able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. If you're going through some trouble right now, here's the good news. This is it. God is the source of all comfort, and he wants to comfort you through the Holy Spirit. And by the way, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit leads us. That's one of the big points of this series is how to daily walk with the Holy Spirit. Do you know how many people we probably pass up a day that need comforting and we don't give it to them either because we didn't receive it or because we're not following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I can say as a Christian, I have left people hanging. I've gotten it right a few times, but I've left people hanging. Why? Because I wasn't following the leadership of the Holy Spirit or I wasn't actively receiving comfort from him to be able to give it away to somebody else because you understand the value of comfort when you receive it. When you need it and you get it, in that moment you understand this is valuable. This is gold. This is better than diamonds. Oh my God, this is from heaven. This is good stuff. Like I just received comfort in my time of trouble 
Then you go, wait a second, this stuff is so good, it's so valuable, like I need to give it to other people. So then you start carrying this comfort from the Holy Spirit with a different attitude. Like this is something I need to hang on to so that I can pass it away to somebody else. Amen? He comforts us so we can turn around and comfort others. He makes us comfortable to become comforters. Think about that for a minute. He makes you comfortable. He comes and comforts your moment, your life, so that you can turn around and be a comforter to somebody else. It's a gift that keeps on giving. What would it look like if, if just as a church, right here, you, you 60, 80 people, if we just walked out here today with an open mind and an open heart, with an anticipation that, that the Holy Spirit's going to comfort me so that I can turn around and comfort other people, if we walk out of here with that today, we'll change this region for Jesus. Amen? It all works together. What would happen if we would just continually comfort one another as the Holy Spirit comforts us? I've got these smoke detectors in my house, and, and some of the new building laws now is that you have to put these smoke detectors in your house. If you build a house or you do a big remodel, you've got to put new smoke detectors in, and they've got to be hardwired, and they've got to be connected together. And it costs money. <laughs> and it's, it's a good theory, okay? Like if one on the other side of the house goes off, then they all go off, Right? It's good in theory, but when they go off at 2 o'clock in the morning on accident, and you sound like, and see, we didn't even set the adjustments. It sounded like we had a Chinese woman in the house. Fire! 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 But then it goes across the whole house. Everybody's hollering, fire! 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 It was, they were connected. You see what happens? One goes off, and then the others start to go off also. That's what happens when we receive comfort from the Holy Spirit, and then we turn around, and we connect it to somebody else. Does that make sense? Comfort! 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 <laughs> I better tone it down. Some of these kids ain't going to want to go back to children's church. <laughs> Remember, I used to be a children's pastor. Number two, second role of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit encourages. He encourages. 1 Corinthians 14 says this, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in, in tongues is strengthening is, is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. He encourages us personally through the spiritual family using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are super important. It's one of the ways that God uses, or one of the things that God uses to bring encouragement to the body. He has uh, some gifts that are very personal for you, but then he has other gifts that are for the body. They're to bring encouragement and comfort and strength to other people. We'll get into the gifts more in, in another message, but I had to bring that to you this morning because, because the Holy Spirit encourages us. I want to give you three ways that I've seen him encourage me in my life. Is one is through God's word. He reminds me of God's word. He brings to remembrance what I read. No read, no remembrance. Does that make you feel better? No read, no remembrance. He brings to remembrance the scripture, the verses 
the life-giving words of God that were written years and years and years ago that still apply perfectly today. He, he brings this to remembrance. That's one of the ways that he encourages me. When the devil's telling me I'm a kuyon, he's telling me you're more than a conqueror. He encourages me through spiritual gifts. Sometimes he sends someone with a spiritual gift, and their gift encourages me. I've been prophesied over. I've had words of knowledge spoken over me. I've, I've had people pray with me. We pray collectively in tongues together. I've, I've had all kinds of spiritual gifts that would come into my life at the right time, and God would use those spiritual gifts to bring encouragement, and it's a good thing. It's not scary. It's a good thing. He sends someone with a gift. Then number three, he encourages me with my own testimony. He reminds me of God's faithfulness in my life. I'm the, I don't have the best memory as a natural human, but I do have the Holy Spirit who has the best memory of all. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's worth believing right there. He reminds me of things that I've forgotten about that God did. To encourage me. It's like he's right there and he's going, hey, you remember when God did this? Go, yeah, God did that. Yeah, he can, he can do this. He, he can do this because he did that. And the same power that did that can do this. He delivered me there. He'll deliver me here. Man, thanks for reminding me about that. Because, man, that, you know what? And you see what's happening? Encouragement's coming. Comfort's coming. Strength is coming. Who's it coming from? The Holy Spirit. Amen? So he encourages. The third thing that he does is he counsels. Psalms 32.8 says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Jesus said this in John. He said, when the spirit of truth, you might already underline that, the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Isn't it funny? Satan's always trying to remind you of your past. And the Holy Spirit's always pointing to the future. Did y'all hear that? Satan's always reminding you of your past. Holy Spirit's always telling you about your future. Come on, get up. Get up, get up, get up. I know, you failed. It's okay. Deal with Jesus about that. He's going to take care. He's going to cleanse you. Okay, get up. Come on, let's go. You got a future in front of you. You can't afford to stay down. You got to get up. Come on. You can't afford to stay down. You got to get up. You got a future in front of you. You got a purpose on your life. You got a destiny. There's people I am setting up right now that you need to meet and you need to be right. You need to be in a good, confident, a good confidence, just self-reliant, not self-reliance, but like a self-confident, not even self-confidence. I'm correcting myself as I preach. Y'all just bear with me. Uh, you, you just, it's like he gives you this confidence in the Holy Spirit that there is something greater coming for you. There is something, there's a moment of ministry. There's an opportunity around the corner and he needs you to be in tune. He needs you to be lined up and ready to go, not struggling over your past. He counsels you away from your past and into your future. 
Do we have to deal with the past sometimes? Yes, but even in, in the process of dealing with the past, God is doing something in you because there is a future. Amen? Because sometimes your past is dragging you down and you can't get to where you're supposed to be because you're still hanging on. Am I in the right church? To your past. I get it. He's dealt with me with some of my stuff in the past and, and I had to process it. I had to work it out. I, I sought counseling for a while and, and God did some incre incredible things in my life. And I'm released from my past. I'm free from that mess. In fact, I'm so sick of my past, anytime it comes, I go, shut up, devil. That's done. It's washed. I'm not giving you the time of day to worry about my past. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is I'm getting to the place now where I can almost tell when God's about to use me because the enemy starts ramping up what he's doing. So this could be in a, in a daily walk, okay? Like, like I, could be, I could be leaving the church, just had a staff meeting, going to Walmart to get something, and, I, and, and, and I don't, I'm not even aware that there's a, there's a purpose at Walmart, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to deal with going to Walmart. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's a devil in itself. And so, so I'm, I'm like, I'm heading that way, and then all of a sudden I get bombarded with just personal stuff, insecurities, doubt, unbelief, past, things I've said, things I've done, and it just comes on you, and you're like, God, where's this coming from? And wah! And I've come to the place that when, when the enemy starts to amp up what he's doing, it's because he's nervous about what I'm about to be doing. So it's an indication. I go, okay, hang on a second. Time out. I recognize this. You need to shut up. You need to get behind me in the name of Jesus. There's a purpose in front of me. And then I go to Walmart with my attitude right and my eyes open. Miracle in itself. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'll never forget my wife and I were going to lead a life group one time. And it's like everything was fine. Like we were, we, were, we were getting along great. We loved each other and we even liked each other. And, and it was good. And we were going and we were just like 45 minutes before the life group starts. And I don't know what happened. It's like all of a sudden, bam, we're in a fight. And I'm going, and we're all, I'm, I'm arguing with my wife and thinking at the same time, what in the heck are we fighting about? And it's like, you got 45 minutes to get your stuff straight before you get to the life group because you're leading the life group. To recognize it in the parking lot of the person's house and repent in the car before you get out and go into the life group to see God move in, in magnificent ways. He counsels us. The Holy Spirit makes it possible to live a life free of deception. The Holy Spirit and God's word you gotta, some of you got to get this, because some of you got some strange thinking. Some of you think that sometimes the Holy Spirit can tell you to do something that this never tells you to do. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the Holy Word of God. Period. I had somebody tell me one time, the Holy Spirit told me to divorce my husband. No, he didn't. Girlfriend, that was the devil. Got offended, left the church. 
Some people think that you can do certain things in the name of the Holy Spirit. Well, it might have been a spirit, but it wasn't very holy. Why would God contradict himself? Why would he allow his spirit to contradict what he's already said? It won't happen. It will never happen. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You ever been talking to somebody and all of a sudden scripture pops up in your head? There should be hands up all over this church. I mean, I'm, I'm like a Bible thumper, like you need to read your Bible every day. You get up in the mornings and read your Bible. Okay, let's try that one more time. But don't lie in church. You ever talk to somebody and the, and, and the Holy Spirit pops up a verse in your head? Can you kindly show me your hands without lying? Okay, there you go. Appreciate you not lying. <laughs> That's what he does. He's in that moment. He's the one who's in the moment with you. He's dealing with your memory. He's, he's engaged with you in that moment. When there's a ministry moment, the Holy Spirit's there. Why? Because he has a purpose in that moment. So how should we respond to the counselor? Three ways. We must be honest with the counselor. <laughs> if you, how many of you ever go and see a, like a, a counselor, like a, a Christian counselor, like a person? Okay, pretty good. I mean, we, we've got like the best in our church, hands down. Come on, somebody. A counselor can only help you to the degree that you're honest with them. So if you're holding back 10% of the truth, then the counselor can only be used by God to deal with the 90% of truth that you gave. Make sense? So if you go in and you, and you get honest at 90%, then you're not completely honest, right? So to, to deal with the Holy Spirit and to receive counsel from the Holy Spirit, you need to be just honest. You need to be brutally honest. I heard an old timer say one time, you need to learn how to embarrass the sin in your life. How do you embarrass sin in your life? Confess it. Expose it. Get it out from underneath the, the hiding. Must be honest with the counselor. We must learn to listen to the counselor's voice. And then we must do what the counselor tells us to do. Just do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. The Holy Spirit told me to ask my dad to forgive me before my dad ever asked me to forgive him. And my dad walked out on me when I was a baby and did my mama dirty. And I was mad my whole life. God dealt with me. You think I wanted to ask him to forgive me before he ever asked me to forgive him? It was all the counselor. And when I did, watch this, when I did what the counselor said to do, it opened up a floodgate. And my dad repented, asked for forgiveness, and our relationship flipped that day. The relationship we never had turned into something that day. When, when I listened to the counselor and I said to my dad, Dad, I, want to, I, I need to ask you to forgive me. It was so awesome. We're sitting in my truck. We just went through some crawfish heads on somebody else's property. And <laughs> Come on, y'all know y'all do that too. And we're sitting in my truck, and it's dark, and we're, we're, the, the truck's running, and we're sitting there just kind of talking, and, and the Holy Spirit said, tell him now. 
I said, right now? Now, tell him now. And I looked over at my dad and I said, hey man, I said, uh, I need to ask you to forgive me. In that moment, I felt something break. You couldn't hear it, but you could, you could sense it. Something just went pew. And, and, he, and, and he, he kind of pulled one of these. He was kind of like, he went. It was like in a moment, God got his attention. And he said, son, I, no, I need to add, no. I said, just listen to me. I said, I want to ask you to forgive me because I've said a lot of things about you. I've felt a lot of ways about you. I've had a lot of unclean thoughts about you. And I just want to say I'm sorry. I want to ask you to forgive me. That opened up a double door. I'm telling you right now. Just by listening to the counselor, you never know what's on the other side of your obedience. It doesn't matter if that obedience makes sense or not. If it's the Holy Spirit, just do what he's telling you to do, and you'll discover something on the other side. Amen? Amen? So be honest with the counselor, listen to the counselor, and do what the counselor tells you to do. Pretty simple, right? It's not complicated. Number four, the Holy Spirit convicts. But I want you to pay attention to this word conviction for a minute because even it is probably misunderstood to some degree. Jesus said in John 16, 8, he said, and when he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the, of the coming judgment. The, world, the word convict is actually more like the, world, the word convince. It's like the Holy Spirit is, is convincing you of something. It's not like, a, it's not like you're, you're in a courtroom and, the, and, the, and you're up against a criminal prosecution. Conviction is not a judgment. Conviction is actually a help. You've got to see this today. Some of you need to transition your thinking on conviction because when the Holy Spirit convicts you, it's to help you, not to hurt you. Condemnation hurts you. Conviction helps you. You ought to be asking the Holy Spirit to convict you. There ought to be some good convictions in your life. There ought to be some things that you're, that you're convinced that you need to stand on, that you have some convictions. You remember the old schoolers about 20 years ago, they had convictions. What did that mean? They were convinced of some things that you would never, ever get them to believe otherwise. Right? It's kind of like disrespecting your elders. My parents were convinced. They were convicted. You disrespected them. You get your mouth slapped. Come on, somebody. They had, they had a lot of conviction. <laughs> so there's three areas that the Holy Spirit convicts us. He convicts us in sin. He convinces the lost people in this world that sin is a rule against their lives. He, he convicts us even before we sin. So watch this. Conviction is not just for after you sin. Sometimes he convicts you before you sin. That's why it's so important to listen to the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit because he'll get you out of trouble. You think he just shows up after you get in trouble? Heck no, he's there before you get in trouble. He sees where you're going. He's like, no, ah, ah, don't go that way. No, no. Come on, you know how we are? Walking right up in the sin. Acting like we don't hear nothing. And then afterwards we go, Holy Spirit, where you at? Where you at?
of righteousness. He convinces saved people that they have right standing with God. That's one thing I can say about the Holy Spirit. He's constantly reminding me and convincing me that me and God are okay. We're good. Like I made a decision a long time ago to accept what Christ did on the cross that made a way for me to be in right standing with God that the enemy cannot take away. But I can, I, can, I can disbelieve that. I don't know if that's a word. Courtney, you can correct me later. But I can deny that and believe that I'm not right with God. Right? The Holy Spirit's constantly convicting me of righteousness, of what, God, of what Jesus did for me. He's telling me I'm received and welcomed and embraced. Convincing me that Jesus paid for my sin. Conviction should not be viewed as punishment, but as a blessing from a friend. You really got I, I just feel like I need to push this point just a little bit more. We, we as Christians ought to be asking the Holy Spirit to bring conviction into our lives. It ought to be an invitation we give to God. David prayed, he said, Lord, search me and know my heart. Point out in me the things that offend you. Show me my wicked ways. That's the kind of attitude as believers we should have. Lord, create in me a pure heart. Bring a conviction into my life that causes me to change, that convinces me of righteousness. Come on. It should be something we invite into our lives. It should be part of our prayer. And then he convicts us of judgment, convincing us that Satan no longer has any authority in our lives. When you're born again, Satan doesn't have any authority in your lives. That chain's been broken. Paul said it this way. He said, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You want to know what the Holy Spirit's up to? Deep down? You want to know what his long game is? Here's the Holy Spirit's long game. His long game is to make you like Jesus. To make you like Jesus. Exactly like Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is up to. Imagine for a minute if us 60, 70 people, you're like, dang, Pastor, we multiplied in the middle of the service? Yeah, I think so. I might have said 50, 60 earlier, but imagine, <laughs> imagine. What happens when we all become more like Jesus? What happens to the world around us? What happens to this region? Think about COVID-19 and how quickly it spreads, right? Uprisings, cases coming up, 800 new cases yesterday, blah, blah, blah. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just showing you something. It, it spreads like crazy, right? It has an effect, it, it, it has an effect that the change happens, transformation starts to happen. Imagine what happens when we all become like Jesus and we leave this building. 
encouraged and strengthened and comforted, and we walk out of here and we go into our own world that God has lined up for us, and we're more like Jesus, what happens to that world? It has to bow at the name of Jesus. It has to be transformed. Because the more you become like Jesus, the more you accomplish what a Jesus accomplishes. Amen? That's what happens when we become more like Jesus. Why do we need to follow the Holy Spirit? To be like Jesus. If he followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we need to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. My household needs me to be like Jesus. Amen? So what's the key to becoming more like Jesus? Very simple, daily walking with the Holy Spirit. Your personal Holy Spirit. Your personal counselor, your personal comforter, your personal encourager. Man, I hope you got this. Because it's time to transform this region. It's time to change some things. So how do you respond to the Holy Spirit today? And one of the ways you do is you acknowledge him and then you invite him into your life. Come on, Jen. It's important for us to acknowledge our need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think there's, there's probably not many things more complimenting to the Holy Spirit than we start our day with, Lord, I need your spirit. I need your spirit today. Lord, I need your spirit in this moment. I think it's, it's, it compliments him and it's grateful to him whenever we run to him first. I need you, counselor. I need you encourager. I need you comforter right now in this moment. Think about it. Acknowledge your need for the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And I want you to answer this one question this morning. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? Because when you get into a church service like this, or even in a quiet time in your own room, the Holy Spirit has a purpose. He's trying to get you to take one step. One step away from who you were before you met with him into being more like Jesus. What is that one step that he's talking to you about today? What is the one thing that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about today? You need to write it down. You need to acknowledge it. And we're going to pray over it in just a second. What is he leading you to do right now? It doesn't have to be enormous. Most of the time, it's very small. Because very small steps of obedience lead to enormous works of God. Speaking to you today. Let's pray. I encourage you to write that down. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Lead us today. We need you. We need you more than ever. I want you to say this with me today. Say, Holy Spirit, I need your leadership in my life. I want to follow better. 
I want to walk better with you. I want to hear clearer. Would you help me? You're my source. You're my supply. I need you every day. Now, Father, would you bless us with that today? God, would you move in our hearts and our minds? God, would you lead us to a deeper, deeper walk with you? God, not for knowledge's sake, but for obedience's sake. God, you'd begin to produce fruit in our lives as we follow the Holy Spirit. We would become more like Jesus. More like Jesus. And like Jesus transformed the planet that he was in and the world that he was around, God, I pray that our lives would begin to transform the people and the places that we get around. Move in us, God a deep abiding conviction that in every situation we would decide to be more like Jesus less like our ancestors and more like Jesus in doing so we'll break generational curses and establish generational blessings and that our children's children's children will know how to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit transform the world around them. So Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this word. Thank you for this series. Anoint and bless the life groups this week.